Joe wrote this song. This is all his own choreography right here. What's going on, guys? I appreciate you guys for tuning in. I'm in here on the lab. It's Sunday. It's November 13th. I have a special guest today. I'm joined by someone who's a massive reason as to why I do what I do today, a massive reason why I stayed with tennis. Her name is Angela Wilson, someone who has coached, played, started a tennis club, everything you can name in the tennis world. Angela, I'm happy to have you finally on the Pre-Tennis Podcast. Welcome to the studio. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. We've been talking about this for a while, so it, it finally uh, came about. Well, we had to get the studio right. I had to make sure it's, you can still see it's finishing up construction, but you can tell it's it's going to look good, isn't it? It's going to look amazing. I'm so, I'm so psyched for you. Yeah, it's great. I appreciate it. So Angela, guys, has been a, a player herself, played at every level, uh, you can imagine. Um, growing up in West Virginia, you started your youth tennis career, then you Moved to Cincinnati, played high school, won a state title here with Lynn McNally. Uh, as you guys know, Kate, that's Katie McNally's mom, as well as her coach. And then you played collegiate tennis, and you've just taken your tennis career and you turned it into your livelihood. And now you own a tennis club for almost 20 years, the club that I was raised at, played at, still play. And, I mean, just pretty incredible, I think, to see where, where tennis has taken you. Yeah, it's been quite the journey. Um, never really started out to be that way. Just um, my mom and dad are products of this '70s tennis boom. They got each other tennis rackets and started playing the game and fell in love with it. And those kids just kind of hanging out beside them on the court and said, "Okay, now your turn." And then it just started, and here we are today. It's crazy. So you, I mean, your sister plays as well. A very good player herself in her own regard. So it's been in your blood. It's been in your whole family and. I've been lucky to uh, to have what you've offered us with Western Athletic Club, one of the best clubs in the city. You've also not only have you been a coach and a player, but you've you've hosted some of the best tournaments in the country with at the, at the USTA level. Um, how is like the journey's taken you here, and what would you say like with youth tennis right now and junior tennis in general? Where do you feel like we are in the tennis world in the United States? Do you feel is, are, you opt, are you optimistic about where we are? Do you think we can – is it continuing to improve? It felt like we had a lull period for a while, but it feels like there's some energy back in, in the game now. Yeah, I mean, I we, we host at Western uh, national tournaments all the way to local tournaments, and I um, definitely see um, more enthusiasm with people playing tennis. And uh, we have great coaches here in Cincinnati and in the Midwest um, – and in general, in the United States, I mean, we have great, great tennis coaches. So, um, yeah, I think uh, the competitiveness is the depth seems to and has improved. It seems mm -hmm. like over the last five or six years or so, I think the depth of the quality of tennis has really improved a ton. So, I've been I've been tuned into the Next Gen Finals here recently, um, which is the best twenty one and under players in the world on the men's side, and it's been an awesome event. I've come in from a, just covering a college event in San Diego with the ITA to fall national championships. You see the no ad scoring and you see these quickened sets and um, I think you know, the no lets and stuff like that, which speeds our game up. And I think when, when there's more tennis being played and less dead time, our sport seems to do best. And that's when it's showcased best. So, I mean, we've, I know we've tinkered with kind of the rules and tennis and stuff. And, and I wanted to get right into it because you're someone that lives this every day. Um, what, like, what do you like about some of these rule changes 
And what do you think they add to our game from a fundamental standpoint and a viewership standpoint? So we've been talking. So I, I, I coached at University of Cincinnati for seven years. And um, at the ITA convention, it must have been like 2012, 2013. That was when there was talk. Um, UTR was, was just starting to um, talk of um, speeding up the game so um, player um, viewers could come and watch a college tennis match, which lasts, you know, three, four hours, and people weren't really wanting to hang out and do that. That makes sense, though. Yeah, it does. And you have you have this conflict of, you know, tennis purists, you know, oh, I want to, like, you know, it's got to be two out of three sets. And you see that across the board from whether it's college, adults. We've hosted at our club um, you know, National 40. That's one thing I would give you credit for real quick to cut you off is, like, first off, I forgot to give you – one of one of your many uh, accolades, you're a college co- coach at the Division One level. But um, no, I think you've been around tennis for so long. But I don't think of you as like a stubborn tennis purist that is like afraid to change. Which I think our game doesn't have enough of that. Right. I mean, I, we had this national forties, forty fives, and and you know, and we also had like national eighty men's at our at our club. And 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 they they don't want to you know their their time is super valuable, but at the same time. They they don't want to change you know two out of three three full sets, um, and and so there's this you know like well how do how do I do that how can I run a, a tournament and get you out, get you home, um, and and play two out of three full sets I think the the way the world is now too, time is the is is the thing you know people uh-huh. don't want to um, spend a ton of time um, they they got lots of things they want to do. Yep. And tennis is one of them, and that's great. We want them playing tennis, but, man, hanging out at a tennis club for four or five days is not what people want to do, and that's yep. going to really turn people off. Yep. I think I saw the same thing at the ITA summer circuit the whole summer that we went and traveled all, to all these cities, is players and parents do not want to sit at a court for eight to ten hours a day. It's like I think back in the day people just did it because it was part of the there – was, there wasn't a ton of opportunities like there is today. I mean, there's so many things that you can Correct. Yeah. fill your time with now. Right. I think that's a part of it, but I think our, our our lives have just gotten faster. I think tennis has to adapt with that. I mean, we've seen other sports have kind of come to adapt, and I think tennis is starting to learn that, uh, at least experiment finally, that it, it has to change at some point. Definitely. I mean, you you see that on the pickleball. So, okay, so I just played this national intersectionals 55s tournament, and there's other tournaments. Pickleball on- tournament? No, tennis, tennis tournament. tournament. That's did, I what say I t- did I say t- pickleball? Sorry. Yeah. I just ran a pickleball tournament yesterday, right. so I'm a little confused. <laughs> <laughs> it's early. Not no, you, but you've been, you've, been, yeah. you've been balling on the real I've circuit, been doing, though. I've been, and, 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 you know, I'm looking ahead and, like, when can I play another tennis tournament? Well, a lot of them are Monday through Friday. I mean, I, I, and, and I'm still working. I can't, you know, take that much time off. On the pickleball side, my friends that are playing these pro tournaments um, that, have, you know, were tennis players, really great friends in junior tennis now are playing um, senior senior pickleball. You know, that's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You play mixed doubles on Friday, doubles on Saturday, and then singles on Sunday if you want. And so yeah. you can do that, and it's fast and in and out and good to go. So um, tennis needs to adapt and do some things like that. Or I, you're not, you're going to lose players like me that can't go all the time. I got to so- – where do you put that responsibility? It's like I think the the biggest problem with tennis across the board, in my opinion, is how many government bodies it feels like there are. <laughs> There's like I mean, one of the guys in, in the office made a joke to me the other day. Is I was like writing up a uh, partnership kind of um, just deliverable, and he was like, "It's all these acronyms. It's like PTR, ITA, USTA, UTR, ATP, <laughs> WTA," and he's just like, I, "He's like, which one is this?" And I'm like, 
I have to think about it for a second because I was like, there's there's all these certifications, there's all these government bodies, there's so many decisions made on every level. It's like to figure out if I can do content at a tournament, I feel like I have to ask four different talking heads. It's like it's yeah. it's it's it's, so it's in that regard, it's kind of madness. Who do you think? Where have you seen? Like this is we're, this is we're, we're two very positive. Tennis is in a great spot, type people out here. But who do you think can have, have you seen someone kind of take the reins at all? Is it has it, do you think the UTR has gained traction in a positive light and done something that you've liked, or do you think the USTA has started to move any anywhere you like? I think the UTR is more for college actually and coaches um, internationally. Again, remember UTR was started by a college coach, and so that we could. Uh, across the, the world sort of be able to measure talent more evenly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's done that for sure. Yeah, for sure. So you can recruit in France and the UTR there. Not exactly the same, I hear. There's some differentials a little they, bit. They drop about 0.5 when they get over here. Is that what happens? Okay. I, I do hear that, that there's their differential. But in general, I'm not looking at the French rankings and trying to compare them to the USTA rankings. Right. So right. I think UTRs. The younger college kids and the juniors love UTR for that respect. Um, as far as how tournaments are run, mm-hmm. um, the USTA has got to, you know, that's that's the governing body of, of sanctioning junior tournaments and adult tournaments. And for the most part, if you want to, you know, do something there, that's, that's where it's got to be. And I know they tinker with it and they have, you know, meetings a lot of meetings to kind of try to figure it out <laughs> a lot of meetings a, lot of, <laughs> a meetings. lot of meetings to try to figure it out but sometimes they just gotta like pull the trigger and and do it yep. um in the south i think and some my sister lives in atlanta uh her son was playing junior time and and they'll do short sets yep um when the weather when the weather happens and they have to like rain a rain out day and then they'll try to figure out alternate turn of scoring but that might be something that we do all the time just because you know it's i just played this tournament that we had nicole like the hurricane nicole came to fort lauderdale we did pro sets and we were talking about that earlier i, I like the short set better than the pro set you know i, I think do, yeah. I, I like that a lot better and i think it gets us to our the better players is going to win at the same percentage i would have to believe as as the traditional rules i agree 100% a pro set i think you can see that you can see a worse team, I guess, or the underdog, is however you want to call it, win more because if they get a break and some guys serving big or some girls hit, like struggling, whatever it is, wh- however it's happening, you can see that those upsets more often. I think people always worry about changing, like they want to make sure the best athletes are in the final, right? And I think that the fast sets t- to to four does that, and even putting we've seen the next gen finals implement the no ad scoring. I don't like Nakashima won next gen this this week. He was the best player on the court the whole week, and that's that's your winner. So I don't think it's changing the ultimate end, which is what I think fan, that keeping the integrity of the sport, I think that's where you have to kind of put your priority list at, at number one, and it's more entertaining. I'm, I'm just going to be honest. like It's more entertaining to see fast – like you don't get all this dead time to recover. You don't – the no-ad scoring is like this is a sudden death point. One of you guys is going to fist pump. One of you guys is going to be pissed. So it's like that adds an excitement factor that I've enjoyed from the college – um, matches for a while now. If, I mean, it took me a while to get used to it myself, but it's like, okay, maybe don't play let's. I, understandable. Keep keep going with because we have the technology now to just a quick buzzer keeps right. the game going pretty fast. But I mean, then the faster shot clock when you hit an ace, so it's not like I mean, all those things help our game. I'm I, at least in my opinion. I I played no ad in college. Did you so really? There was yeah. I was you know I, when we 
played in the mid '80s. We were playing no ad back then. Now we played, um, you know, two out of three sets, and we did singles before we played doubles. So now in college they play, you know, one set no ad, um, and then that, and then they play the singles and no ad. So, but yeah, we we played no ad, and I don't remember why. I mean, I was involved back then. Why they changed it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it went it went faster back but then like, too. Fans love. The fact that Nick Kyrgios is going to ask a random fan sitting courtside <laughs> where course, to serve. Of course they love Nick Kyrgios. <laughs> I mean, he's the best thing for tennis right now. I, I know fans get all up in our in our shirt about talking about his positive impact on the game, but if you can't see it, I, I don't know how to help you because he's done so many things, for, brought so many fresh eyeballs and casuals, which I like to call them, which is... Oh, yeah. I, we, we have to invite casuals to our game. We cannot... Tennis cannot box out... Like We have to invite as many of these generic fans that tune into multiple sports because that's where we want our sport to be mainstream and that's where we have to take it. And Kyrgios does exactly that. And he's, you guys want to see him have fun. Imagine when he's asking the crowd where, where to return and the guy's waiting to hit a serve and he's trying to hear where the crowd gets louder if it's on the ad court or the deuce court, something like that. Where you allow the fans to engage and be a part of the scene and be a part of the drama, it always makes for better TV. It always makes for, for a better viewer viewing experience. And I mean, tennis has a reputation of, of being sort of a fuddy-duddy, you know, um, sport in some ways too. And so we need to get outside that box too. So we invite more people in to have fun. Exactly. People, to again, have fun. To have fun. People, you know, again, we touched on it earlier, have other places they can go to have fun with their time and their money. And so if we are going to do something to have people. Um, be in community, you know, do fun stuff with like uh, as as a recreational sport that's good and healthy for them. Then we ought to have fun because they we will lose people if we don't have fun. People will make sacrifices if they're having fun. One hundred percent. That's the that's one of the only things that you can negotiate with that they'll give up something else in their life if you can guarantee them fun. And we're seeing a lot of young people at our club that don't necessarily want to play like a every week, you know, every Tuesday night play a seasonal court time. They, you know, they don't know what they're doing next week or the week after that, so they can't commit for three months on a Tuesday night. But, you know, <laughs> and they some of them don't even want to play like competitive. I can't commit three days away. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so you lose that. You know, but so, okay, so we have to adapt. So what do we do? They also don't want to like necessarily compete, but man, they love cardio tennis. You know, they like to come and Cardio like, tennis is a whole, it's a whole vibe. It's, it's, a, it's a vibe. It's man. a vibe. They just love the music and like come out, bang, balls for an hour sweat run how many, three courts down how many steps did i get get their you know their apple watches on and they just like sweat high five and then yep. go on and that was do my favorite that's my favorite hour to coach is because like we even get to have fun as pros oh, it's 100 like, it's my favorite thing i've been teaching cardio tennis we were one of the first clubs that had cardio tennis maybe 2006 7 i think it was you know one of the things yeah, all so. cardio tennis people are like my spirit animal you know when i was a kid <laughs> and i was waiting behind the curtains like just like waiting for my hour those are how the cardio people show up. They're like five to ten minutes early. They're not like coming on the court late. And as soon as their seven o'clock whistle hits, it's like go time, and they're ready to go. Like they, you better have some structure, and you better have some 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 bodies moving because those guys have energy. And I think that's what our, that's what tennis is about. Right. It's so fun. There's some other ball games like that too that um, that we're gonna start implementing. One's 105. It's a doubles like high point. Every time you like slam the ball over the net, you know, you, ace, you know, or high, uh, overhead winner, you get like 50 points and the pro keeps track and then you do it again. It's doubles game, uh, live ball. There's some different, you know, you know, variations of cardio tennis out there. But again, young people like that. Yep. They just really want to get out there, bang some balls, high five, 
and then go do the rest, whatever they have got planned for the day. <laughs> so, so back, before we move on to kind of, we, we, we talked about the kind of the rules that we could see be implemented, but right now, if you're the commissioner of the tour or of the USTA, what is one rule you would change across tennis that you think could better our game? Um, gosh, that's, I, 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 I like the short sets. I really do. I really like the short sets. I think, you know, I just played this eight game pro set and you talk about the underdog. I was the underdog. I kind of think <laughs> as the underdog, I might've been able to come back after, you know, after being down, f losing the first set four zero. maybe I could have regrouped and, and, and come back. So where I, was this Texas, um, uh, Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Um, and so, no, I like the short set. I think that y you allow you to be able to play almost a whole tournament in one day. The USTA mm -hmm. rules limit you of like, okay, you can play two singles and one doubles based on the scoring format. You shorten the scoring format, you know, people's bodies can handle, you know, five matches in a day, maybe four matches in a day, and then you're in and out. You're good yeah. to go. Um, and so I, I really like, I like the short sets. Yeah, and I did, I, I, I think I completely agree because I saw it at Kalamazoo this year. We saw one of the best matches of the day was a first or second round match where the guy had, he was set to play another match that day. But he played four hours in this first round match, and he's done. He's, he's toast. Done. He didn't yeah. even get to walk on the court a second time. He was carried off, and he was taken off in an ambulance, like, and he was done. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, and I can't make this up. It was like the kid is a freak athlete. He's super fit. He's 16 years old. He, he can. He's gonna play college tennis, and he's not fit enough to play that format. So, right. like, what are you saying? Like, that's kind of got to be like a, the barometer, if, like, because what these college athletes are asked to do as well, like at these ITA events. Like they're they're expected. They demand so much of them physically. It's just it's it's not fair. It's not. I don't think it's not sure it's safe. And you're not going to get the best tennis out of these guys. So it's like a lot of these things. It's like play quicker sets. Keep this thing moving. Keep these athletes fresh. And then you're going to get your best tennis late in the tournament. And you can't sub out. I mean, you have like great soccer players, great basketball yeah. players, you know. And you're like tired. You know, get I need a little break. Even the best athletes, Steph Curry, you know, gets a break, and LeBron, you know, they get breaks a little bit, and they're great athletes. But tennis player, there's no subbing. You know, no. I don't. I don't. And these juniors don't have coaching either. You know, there's no coaching, which I would like to see. That's I should have said that too. I would like to see some more coaching for junior tennis. Yep. Um, at tournaments and I know that's tricky because not everybody has a coach that goes with them or a parent that knows tennis but goodness these kids need help on the court to learn how to play the game yep. they're just out there on their own with no help whatsoever and then I get them or when I was coaching college tennis now I get to coach them and they're like they're like it's it's I almost got to start over with them in some respect as far as how to help them mentally and strategically on a t on, for a tennis match and and I, I think that should be implemented, that there's that that there should be some coaching for, for junior tennis players, maybe 12 and under, 14 under. I don't know when you do it, mm -hmm. like when you stop it, but there has to be some sort of, you know, yep. way to help kids. There ha I, yeah, another point that you've made that I definitely agree with, because when did I think I was most entertained as a fan and got some of the best tennis this year? The Labor Cup. They allow coaching oh, yeah. and teammates. So two, fun. Two things that athletes are just, by nature, we enjoy. We enjoy, at least I can speak for myself, I know. A lot of these tennis players that only play tennis, they don't know how to kind of immer like immerse themselves into a team. But, I mean, having teammates and having someone help me kind of guide me and see things oh, that yeah. I don't see, that's like two of my favorite parts of sports right there that tennis seems to take out of the equation a, 
little more than we should because it, it can be a part of our sport. Well, and I think there's so much pressure on kids with their rankings and being able to get into the next tournament too um, that the, that it's really focused on individualness. My best tennis, my best experience of tennis has always been team tennis. I loved high school tennis. I loved college tennis. I loved playing like just this team format that I had this past weekend. You know, my teammate could come and coach me and settle me down. Like you got this high five me, you know, all the things. Um, uh, yeah. It's a, it's a very nurturing environment it that really athletes feed off of. And it's like, you've seen that like you just college tennis at the pro level has transitioned beautifully. I think there's 11 Americans in the top 100, not too long ago. I think six of them had played collegiate tennis. So great. So it's, it's working from a development standpoint. These players learn how to kind of work hard around other because they see other athletes doing the same thing, and they see uh, obviously the coaching in college is amazing as well. The, like how many good coaches there are in college tennis, I think, is what I've been the most surprised by as I've traveled and got to see these these new venues and new tournaments. Is like wow, there's a lot of people that love our game that are dedicating their lives to helping the next generation get fulfill their dream of college tennis. So. That's been super cool to see. But, um, no, any other thoughts on kind of the tennis landscape, American tennis? What, what? No, it's so exciting. I mean, Cincinnati, gosh, you got to love it. If you live here and you have Katie and JJ and Peyton playing, and, I mean, I've seen those kids grow up. I've, I I played tennis growing up with, with Katie's mom. Um, I taught with um, JJ's dad, Jeff. He and I taught. We played mixed together a lot of times. Um um, I, I've seen Peyton grow up. I think I played in her club against Peyton once. Too. No way. When she, wow. <laughs> yeah. She was playing at Riverside. It was Peyton no way. and, um, Sandy played at, um, um, played at Ohio state. Anyway, she probably had a rifle for him when she was 12. Uh, it was, yeah. It was Christy and, and me. We played at wow. Riverside. And so, uh, you know, I've just seen these kids and it's so great to, to, you know, turn on the TV and, and root for them and, and see how great they're doing. I just couldn't be more thrilled. Um, for the for their family for them and their families because it's it's not easy um, it's not easy at all it's a journey it's it an is absolute so hard it's a trek. It is so hard my sister was really good she played on a national you know national team with Lisa Raymond and all those kids and you know injuries happen all kinds of things yep. happen and uh, it's 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 just so fun they've to all, see them play really fun it is and from all three all from the same city but they've all had three very different journeys to the tour and to where they are now right i mean jj chose to go to the uh he, he went he went he went to high school then he was homeschooler i believe right, right. and he went to college was one of the best college players of the probably the decade i think he went like 29 and 2 was one of those one of those years and he used ohio state as his kind of vehicle to lift him and you have peyton who goes and leaves goes to texas gets three titles there uh two team titles and an individual individual singles title and you have katie who just had her own route. Don't believe she went to high school. I think she went to homeschool, right? She went to Madeira. She graduated went to Madeira? from Madeira. Okay. She went to Madeira High School. And then I think she's actually, you know, she might have done some online. I think she online, did online. I thought she did she online. Might, she might have done some online. And now she's going to UC. She's taking college classes. That's she's awesome. online doing, going to college too. And she used doubles to kind of right. lift her to her standing. It's like they all use something else to kind of propel them to that elite level of, of tennis, uh, tennis players. And, and every, and that's why, you know, everyone, you know, sometimes judges people for like what they're doing or what they're doing and what they're doing. I mean, everyone has their own journey, their own development. Everyone develops differently at different times. I mean, guys in general, you know, maturity wise, as far as physicality don't, you know, aren't there until much later. And I, and mm -hmm. I, and I, and, and so I think you see that for guys, particularly that, 
they will go to college probably more so than 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 the guy than the girls too. Yep. And then remember, Katie had an older brother, John, who sort of paved the way for her a little bit too. And he's awesome tennis player. He, he went to Ohio State. So second kid, you mm-hmm. know, we know that with just in general, it helps with the pressure. It, it, it helps a lot. It helps a lot. So Katie has that older brother to help her out too. And JJ has an older sister, Danielle, sure. who did the same thing also. Definitely. So you yep. see that a little bit and. And you see both of them are very open with the the credit that they give to, to each of their older siblings, which is super cool. Yeah, uh, and they're see- so nice. Gosh, yep. JJ was practicing, and my sister was in town, and he hit with my, my nephew a little bit. Just so great. Katie's so awesome, too. Um, and I don't know Peyton as well, but I do know one of the girls I coached at UC She's just, yep. traveled with her, Kelly Poggins. Peyton's away. awesome, yeah. Yeah, so. No, it's a very proud moment for Cincinnati tennis fans because I think we always take a lot of pride in the talent that comes out of here so and great. our coaches and our clubs here, which I think are, are up there, especially being in the Midwest. I mean, the passion for tennis here is legit. That's why we have one of the best tournaments in the world in our city here. And, um, no, great call out there. But uh, just last tennis-specific question is we're going through a changing of the guard here. Um, I mean, obviously, Novak and Rafa are still in the ATP Tour Finals, which in itself is an amazing feat at their age to just the longevity and how they've maintained their body and just continue to fall in love with the with competition, really. And they're still they're still here, but like you can just see, like the world number one was a 19-year-old this year, this year. And on the women's side, you see Serena's fading out, and you, there's new faces coming into our sport. How do you feel like someone that's been around the game and always been a fan. I mean, you and I, if we're not on the court, we're probably watching tennis or talking tennis. <laughs> How do you feel like it is for yourself and others and your, um, your friend, your friend groups to latch onto these younger new personalities? Is it, is it, do you think it's going to become a challenge or do you think we're, the game will be fun? Oh, I think the game is going to be great. I mean, I think center, I mean, these guys are yep. so good. I mean, they are so, so good. This younger generation of tennis players coming through, Nice, Casper Root. I mean, these guys are just genuine, hardworking, um, amazing, talented tennis players. I mean, I watch a lot. I watch too much tennis. (laughs) There's worse problems in this world to have. I guess there is. I hope so, at least. I mean, I love it when it's like in Europe and I can get up at 5 or 6 in the morning and and watch tennis. um, and I'm just amazed at some of of how how the points are so good. Uh, we it, love watching Jesse Pagula. We love watching yeah, Coco. Pagula, we love just like just watching these these players compete. I think we're in great hands, actually. I think we're in really really great hands for the Agreed. future. Agreed. Yeah. I think the center Carlos match to oh. me was like the turning. That was like one of the turning moments for me. That showed like oh, we're I good. just have goosebump moment right now when you said that. I mean, I just like the, love that match. It was so great. The swing speed that those guys maintained uh, over that match, and, and the movement in the outer force of those courts—I mean, the sliding. The slide. I was just—I was just what I was visualizing. Like they're. Like, that's that's a new. Like <laughs> when I was younger, like it was a new thing. I remember when sliding was like starting to become a thing, and I think Novak was one of the first guys that like started to make it like more mainstream. There was sliding was not a thing back in the early 2000s. It, it just be, with kind of the newer technology and how these shoes I, th- I think that's a little bit of it to oh, it but, yeah. but more than anything it's how athletic these guys are the flexibility the, the flexibility and it, these guys were evolution i guess it's like these guys are better athletes than we saw in the 2000s these guys move better they're bigger they're stronger they're more flexible they're more dynamic of an athlete and i think that that you see that in our game throughout is like you you cannot be a stiff anymore you have to move 
And I think racket technology and string technology, too, has helped. For sure. You know, I mean, I think that was probably ahead of the athleticism. And so then the athleticism kind of came up to yep. match the technology that was there because that technology came before that, you know. And yep. so I think now you've meshed the two together and you've seen these younger players use that and and be who they are today and will continue to be recovery is another thing that's huge is like oh. it's just all the dynamic exercises that you see like i'm i'm so happy that guys like holger and carlos and these younger teenagers that which is crazy that they're almost a decade younger than me um <laughs> that like they're showing this on their social media which is like social media has become a place that has but like these younger guys they understand it their platforms and they're showcasing the next generations how to be great and like they're they're la they're laying the recipe to success out there they're being very transparent and i think it's amazing for our game and i think our game isn't headed in a great direction yeah i think like the nutrition the flexibility exercises and you're right they're showing footwork stuff they're not like you know benching tons of you know weight they're just using yep. the the way that they can maintain to compete and as you said recover too you've implemented it yourself you're out there playing grass court tennis in a big time <laughs> tournament so pretty cool trying. last <laughs> last thing i want to talk about is we touched on it earlier you just held a massive pickleball tournament, and I think it's like the uh, most polarizing topic in our sport right now is can tennis and t uh, pickleball live together? Can they? Can, can tennis learn from pickleball? Can we see any benefits from p the influx of, of pickleball players coming into the world, racket sports, paddle sports players? And, like, where is your wh – where do you kind of stand on this right now? Because I feel like if you put anything out there on social media – from tennis – if I put an Instagram or a video of pickleball now on our Tennis Point page – the comment, like, I might just do it just just because I know it will go semi-viral because <laughs> people are so, it's like, you're just going to cause, a, it's like you're starting a rock fight. And I, like, I think that'll end, that'll change here. I think after it's been a couple years now where tennis has kind of seen their courts be turned into pickleball courts and it's, like, it's not happening because they're, it's happening because the numbers are what they are and they say what they are and when, act and with the access and the availability, it's like, people are going to do what, the, the atmosphere around them says to do. And you, you were one of those that have as a club owner, you turned two of your show court tennis to courts into six pickleball courts. Yeah. six pickleball courts. So we have our club. We did this uh, a year ago. We uh, took, we had nine tennis, indoor tennis courts and we took two of them and we turned them into six pickleball courts, um, dedicated pickleball courts. One of the few clubs in the country that have um, dedicated tennis and dedicated uh, pickle under the same roof indoors um not just cincinnati in the whole country that we have both i've it's... learned to block out the noise okay it is. <laughs> <laughs> and so i'm just kidding it is, it is i mean it's tricky but people get used to it just like you know we put tenant underlines on our courts you know years ago and people are like oh my gosh there are these extra lines on the courts and I don't hear boob from anybody about tenant underlines on our tennis courts or never you know um and so people get used to it um, yeah, listen, yeah, I, I, I see pickleball as a great way for people to move and stay healthy and in community. And, and maybe they tennis was harder for them to learn and or whatever reason. And now they can play a sport that they're having fun with friends yep. and they're moving around and playing, playing, playing and having fun. Um, that's my job. Um, I think um, pickleball is, no, is great. I'm certified to teach pickleball. I I. I play a little pickleball, not a, not a ton. Um, my friends love that I told I referred to earlier that played junior tennis with and are loving playing pickleball. Great, great, great. 
can we learn to live together? We need to. We have to. We, we have to. I mean, there's not like need to. We have to. And it's not going away. It's not a fad. It's it's a thing. I had 128 pickleballers um, playing a tournament yesterday at our club. First pickleball tournament I'd ever run. I run, like I said, a lot of tur- a lot of tennis tournaments. Um, it went great. Um, people were started playing, warming up at two, two thirty. Match at three. Matches at three. Twenty pickleball courts going live at three o'clock. Twenty. Um, that's, that's, and yeah. you don't um, see that in tennis. You don't see it. And then we were done and cleaning up at seven thirty, eight o'clock. So we talked about time. We talked about fun. Um, we talked about um, racket sports and healthy activity to do. Gosh, couldn't you know three to eight? Right. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, no, and I've I've seen it at the events you guys do, whether it's Christmas parties or Halloween parties. That's where people are hanging out, socializing, and it's it's like the softball of racket sports. It's that's the communal aspect I think of what we want to do with tennis, and it's tennis has to learn from that aspect alone. It's like they're having fun, they're meeting new people, they're inclusive. You literally put your paddle in the mix, and that's how you get called out to your game. It's like <laughs> so they're, they they are bringing you to the game, and they're you don't feel like you're showing up unwanted ever. I, I don't see that situation happening often. I think that's why I saw your point down at, on on the river downtown has just it's been booming it's like right. 80 players at, at a minimum it looks like whenever i'm down there and that's what we like people are making friends and i think that's people want to have competition sweat like and, and that social engagement and fun and and fun. And, and, and there a certain amount of time too um yeah i mean you know we have a new club we have a, a tennis club that just in cincinnati that just got an indoor club that just got purchased and it's going to be 100 percent indoor pickleball um you can say the tennis people are like oh my gosh up in arms i mean it it there's still 11 indoor tennis clubs in cincinnati tennis isn't going away we've got great tennis in cincinnati um, one of the best tennis cities in the country mm-hmm. as far as adult leagues um, and junior players great coaches mm-hmm. for adults and kids um, tennis is not going away. Pickleball is not taking over. Pickleball has just been added. And yep. so I think you have to look at it as being added, not taking away from tennis, but being added to our community as something that's great. And so I play both. Not everyone does. Um, we hosted last winter some of the best men pickleballers in Cincinnati on a Saturday morning, and they were coming to Western. And a lot of them are former really good tennis players one of which is jj's dad jeff yep. jeff's playing awesome. joe lightsey played at uk um you have all, nate matthews teaches tennis at five seasons kentucky but he's now playing pickleball tournaments go be unites yeah i mean seriously no I mean, so and it's, 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 it's and these guys are it's getting some young faces now too oh the tournament we had yesterday was not old people so it was yeah. a lot of young people and so mostly 90 percent young people so um, it is it is a, an added sport. Two years it's ago, it's ping pong on a tennis court. You called it right. It's ping pong on a tennis court. Ask Katie McNally. She went two years ago. I was at a press conference when she got the wild card to to play in the Western Southern. I was there, and someone asked her, "What do you like to do in your free time?" She's like, "I love playing pickleball." She said that. Yes, no out way. loud. I love playing pickleball. Wow. And so. Um, it, you know, it, it, it's okay. I mean, tennis it people. It's okay. It doesn't surprise me. She loves doubles. She loves movement, right. fast paced. It doesn't it's fun. Loves hands. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Fun, fun. And I think that's what tennis, like you see these NBA players are playing with tennis players and golfers are out there playing the PGA players. We saw like Jordan Spieth, Dirk Nowitzki, John Isner, uh, Darren Williams, an NBA player. So it's like, 
it brings it puts it in an even playing field for sure and it allows you to hang out with people that you want to hang out with and you don't have like tennis it's like if the person's not as good or better than you you're not gonna have a ton of fun right it was probably four or five years ago i had my daughter and son-in-law they helped me put together sort of a 30 and under at the club um tennis and pickleball night and so you know you see some club people came to play tennis and my daughter and her you know they brought some different people um some friends and so it actually everyone gravitated to pickleball everyone gravitated to pickleball that's I, I i'm not surprised but i we gotta take this as a tennis uh guy myself i, 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 I we, we, i'm not like but no i, I don't feel like i'm i, I don't want to be i'm not bitter i want to learn from these guys mm-hmm. and i a lot of my friends are, are ones that are asking me to play in these ppa tournaments and stuff like that and it's like I'll do it because that's how I can hang out with my friends. I don't want. I don't need to go play golf for six hours. I can just go play a pickleball game for an hour and a half, two hours. Mm-hmm. I don't have to dedicate my whole Sunday morning and afternoon, which is where I struggle with the golf. It's like I feel like once we all turn twenty three years old, it's like we <laughs> forgot there's other sports out there in the world. So that's the constant battle. I know we got Joe over here. Shout out to Joe Patton over here. Hey he's, Joe, love Joe, he, love his family. He's so he, awesome. One of the he's, he's one of the best golfers slash tennis players, hybrid players in the in the city over here. Scratch golfer and. He, after two years of tennis, he's already in the four oh four five league. Doesn't I know, make, right? Doesn't he's make sense. Up on everybody. Um, no, so I think I think that's where where I'm like, all right, two hours, I and I'm gonna have fun with my friends. Let's do it. But so yeah, like I said, tennis isn't going away. So tennis is in a good spot. We already talked about that as far as the on the pro level. I made sure. Um, I made sure. I piv- I mean, I pivoted. We were gonna do pickleball to start, but I was like, we gotta. Tennis is in a great spot. Great spot. The depth on the tour, the depth at the junior tennis level. I've, I went to the high school state tournament for the girls this past fall. The level is not going anywhere. It's only been better, I think, since when 100%, I was in high school. 100%. No. Um, tennis is in a good spot. We're just adding a sport. We're just adding it. It's all good. It's all good. Awesome. All right. Final segment of today's podcast, ATP Finals. Some of the best players in the world. Not all of them are healthy, but we got a great field. I mean – Nadal, Felix, Joker, Fritz, the American, makes it in. Casper Ruud, all these amazing talents. Where do you sit on your prediction? You got today. We have Casper Ruud versus Felix, epic matchup. You got uh-huh. Rafa versus Fritz, a rematch of Indian Wells. Tomorrow you have Sitipas and Novak, and Medvedev and Rublev, both two Russians. So it's a loaded field. I'm picking Ruud. Woo. I know, Woo. I know. I'm picking Rude. Sheesh. Well, he hasn't been doing as great. Maybe you know, lately he's had a couple. Wow. Has had a couple of, of you know upsets. Um, but I, I'm I'm picking Rude. I think he's ready mentally. Some of these other guys have maybe been playing a little bit longer in the in the in the draw. Felix wow. Mann has been playing mm-hmm. great, but yeah. I think Felix it's is, hard. Yeah. But I think it's hard to sustain those. You know, three went three tournaments in a row. Um, I think that's hard under this circumstance. Possibly, I could be wrong, but I'm I'm going with the with the freshness like, of Rude. He's he's been to two ATP. He's been to two Slam finals this year. Right. So he's been he's been great at the biggest events. And I think what you just said was, with Felix is a great point because he just had one of the best runs, not counting the big three guys. That's one of the best runs since oh, I've been for, alive. Yeah, Six for sure. Six, was it sixteen straight? Yeah. And I mean, Holger was winning like sixteen of eighteen. And that that's incredible. And Felix just ripped off. I mean, so the fact that Holger was able to take him out at Paris was just what those two guys did over the over the slower season of our of our calendar right. Right. was remarkable. I don't know if it's going to get the spotlight that it deserved, but I mean, what a run for and it, it, it put Felix in this in this final eight. 
Right. I mean, I, I you know, you can never. I say Djokovic, man. You know, it's hard. It's to hard say. for me to count him out. It's hard for me to count him out because you know he's, you know he's pissed. Exactly. Because I mean, I he can always seems to find a way. I mean, he's, he's probably he I mean, just finds a way mentally. He's I mean, probably the most mentally tough tennis player that we will have ever witnessed play the game. I think. Couldn't and agree so, more. He's um, mentally fit at every men, aspect. Men, and 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 we've watched him be down and out against Cece Poss and down and out against him and just come back Mazzetti, and will to win. Yeah. French and, Open. And, and and you have to put Nadal in that category too. But as but uh, I don't know these younger guys. I think I think I'm I'm it's just gonna go with Casper. It's a tough know. first round match for Rafa to go against Taylor Fritz. Just on paper, just his massive forehand that Fritz has, just a huge serve. Fritz's movement has been super impressive. How much just steadily improve he's steadily improved that part of his game, and that's what's put him in the top ten. Is he can sustain those longer rallies and get get to those outer force of the court. But no, I think. I mean, I don't even know. I mean, it's like Medvedev. It's like picking against Medvedev on a hard court seems I know, insane. I know. Where I was calling him the best hard court player for, for the last two, three years. Sitsipas is also, I mean, that's that's the guy that I, I mean, he's still playing great ball, but I feel like you feel like he's a little more attackable on, on the backhand with some of these guys. Yeah. Rublev just, I mean, come on. He's one of the best ball strikers in the world, just slapping forehands and backhands. That's not a guy you want to, so it's a ridiculous field. I know I'm. I just on. think consistency-wise, that uh, I'm still going with Rube. I, I, Rubelev can be hot and cold sometimes too because he just plays so, you know, mock speed on everything. Yeah. And if it's just not going yeah. right, he he can falter. I think a little bit more. Um, it's true. And uh, um, so yeah. Ever I since know. I saw Casper Rude get beat like one and one by Ben Shelton in Cincinnati, uh, it's just like I have this taste bad taste in my mouth. It's like. I saw him get worked by a I guy that I that watched. Yeah, yeah, I, that's yeah. a good thing because that's why you're. It, it's it's smart because Casper's <laughs> proven that you, what you're saying has been how he's played more more times than not. But I saw Shelton play an NCAA tournament, and then five four months later, I see him just rip a top five player one and right, one drops right. eight points. So it's just like that was a lot. That was a big pill to, for me to swallow. I was like, wait, he's not supposed to be able to do that. Right. But I'm gonna go with my prediction. That's a long winded answer to say I gotta go with. My guy, Rafa Nadal, because he's never gotten this title before. I hope he's healthy. I, he said he was a little bit sick against Tommy Paul in Paris. I'm hoping that was the case. Hoping he's got his legs underneath him. And I'm just going on a biased take here. I would, I mean, I would, yeah, I would like to see Rafa Nadal ho- hoist this trophy for his first time of his career. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, just being a new dad, too, you know. Exactly. Dad and power. That, that has some dad power that, behind that, it. They call that, that, that father prime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, we, and that would be good. We don't know how much longer we have him to watch him play, too. So um, nostalgic-wise, I'm, I'm with you on that one, too. I, I would love to see him win this. I'm not sh- I'm not sure with on the hard court that his body can withstand you know the number of matches that are required to to win this um so we'll see that's true nope that's awesome and i know it's gonna be an awesome event guys it starts at 8 a.m so this podcast will be oh, out oh goodness can't wait all week long i'll be watching tennis coffee. in the morning yeah i'm, I'm jealous I'll, I'll be uh kind of a busy sunday today we got a little commercial shoot for the holidays but i'll be dvring that because i don't want to miss any of that action especially in the, the late night match with rafa and fritz at 3 p.m but guys I'm super excited that we were able to have Angela on the podcast, someone that I've always loved talking tennis with, learned a ton of my tennis knowledge from, um, coached me to be, I, 
feel like I had a, a, a solid career. Um, <laughs> you had a great career. Um, and, and I and I and I and I love you and your family. I mean, seriously, ever since. Um, we were at the club and I think I coached your mom a little bit in her club too. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> so it's all good. And I taught, taught your sister. And so it's um, all good. So I just love, thanks for having me. I really, it's been really super fun. Great morning to kick off or great day way to kick off our Sunday morning. For sure. It's uh my, my adrenaline was pumping. I didn't need any coffee this morning, 5 a.m. Wake up call, but we were good to go. Woo. Got it in and guys enjoy the rest of your weekend. I know you guys will enjoy the episode, so give us your feedback if you could. Leave a comment, drop a subscription, follow us on the Pure Tennis Podcast Instagram, and we will be talking to you guys again soon.